Thank you so much, Susan, for that report. And I know for probably a lot of you, when we hear things like that, it can, it can seem so, so unusual, so non-American. And you know why? That's because it is. But the response for us is, is what is normal? Have you ever thought about that before? What is normal Christianity? Well, what is a normal church? What are we supposed to be about? And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there quickly to Matthew chapter 28. This is, some of you know this to be the Great Commission as we call it. This is where Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And he, he has the disciples and other people there surrounding him. And I mean, this is the same Jesus that, that lived this life of healing people. This life of, I mean, throwing grenades within the religious crowd to where they were so angry with him that they were the ones who tried to facilitate his execution. This is the same Jesus that gave mercy to people that had been cast out of society. This same Jesus carried that beam all the way up to Golgotha and he was crucified and he died. And everyone knew that he was dead, but three days later something very unusual happened. The tomb was empty. Amen, church? And then for 40 days, Jesus went and he was meeting with his disciples, with this group of guys. That, guys, they had all had to turn in their man card. Every last one. Because they were all huddled together in an upper room and the door was locked because they were afraid that the, that the Romans and the Jewish leaders would come and possibly drag them out and execute them or flog them. But Jesus appears and he says, Peace be unto you. And here's Jesus, the end of his earthly ministry after he had been resurrected. And what do you think Jesus would say? Notice what he says. Verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make what, church? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I love this last tag. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Jesus' last words on earth were for His people, not to cluster together, but for His people to go. And to go where? Go into the areas of Jerusalem, correct? And only there. To only go to the areas where they have the similar culture and similar eating habits and to cultures to where they have normal toilets, quote-unquote, as opposed to squatty potties, right? He said only go to the places that have a department of health services that can give you a score when you're ordering your food to see how clean this place is, right? Isn't that what Jesus did? Come on now. We're in a Baptist church. We love excuses. Jesus also said right here, I mean, didn't he say that you're only supposed to go to places, watch out, that are, that four-letter word, S-A-F-E, safe. Jesus didn't say anything like that. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. All of them. So what Susan has given testimony to this morning is the work of God in her life. Are we not encouraged to see that? And if we can be very, very open and honest, I mean, were there not some of us that were, 
we feel a certain level of sadness and brokenness. And I really encourage you to come at 5 o'clock tonight, my right, your left, over in the fellowship hall. She's going to break it down. And one thing that we did talk about, right, Susan, it's going to be about human trafficking. And that's not necessarily safe for the whole family. We want to leave it up to the parents. If you can break it down to your kids, it's not going to be gory details and so forth. But it's not something that you hear about on Christian radio that often. But just use that discretion, parents, but it's open to men and women. Why don't you come tonight? Why don't you come tonight and hear how we can pray, how we can help? Because most of us here, I mean, this is, this is an amazing church and we've got people that are helping out all the time. Usually the question is, Jeff, what can we do? How can we, how can we help? It reminds me when I got back from Kazakhstan the first time. First time I had ever been uh, overseas except for a surf trip to Costa Rica and one week to Haiti. And it was smack dab in the middle of Central Asia. It was a Muslim nation mixed with a lot of Russians that still had not gone back to Russia since the, since the Iron Curtain had fallen. And I, my job while I was in seminary was a math tutor. And some of the people there at the school were believers. And this one lady, she asked me, she said, how was your summer? I heard that you went on a mission trip. And I begin to tell her about, about the children's, the children's home slash jail slash halfway house slash orphanage. You see, in most areas of the world, they throw everybody together. There is no special needs class. There is no special home for children who are not criminals and so forth. Everybody goes in the same pot, right? I begin to tell her just a few facts about that. She said, whoa, whoa, whoa. She wasn't being rude, but she said, I really don't like to hear things like that, listen church, because it makes me feel guilty for what I have. And I say, you know what? That's a lot of times my reaction. There can be that, that level of uncomfortability saying, well, my goodness, I've never been exposed to, to, to human trafficking. I've never been put into a third world children's home in that way. I mean, I've never had to go through these things. I, I have the opportunity to go to school or to use the schooling that I've, that I've had. I have a job. But yet, Sometimes we, we shrink away from these hard topics. And really, I want you to cause you, whether, whether you've come here very often or not, to look within and say, am I living so that all peoples will know Him? Or am I trying to find that thing that can never be found, which is a comfortable, easy life? According to Jesus in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 says that any man, any woman who will come after me must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, we've got it all wrong in America, don't we? In America, we say the way that you have a good life is you accumulate things for yourself. And then you you surround yourself with things that will make you feel secure. But Jesus says that, that satisfaction in life and the point of life is to pour it out for God and for people. And I tell you, when you talk to the most joy-filled people, they are not the people that say, let me surround myself with a safe church and with safe friends and a safe life. It is people who say, I'm willing to do things that people may say are not normal. Guess what Susan did? That is biblically normal. Y'all okay? Biblically normal. Because once again, let's go back to the text. Jesus said in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
some of you. Did he say that? He did not. And I want you to go with me on this thought, something that we covered over a year ago in our series in Radical, is that when we come to God's Word, some of us say, you know, God's Word has so many promises, and it does, don't worry, it does. And we say, you know, things like, you know, we, sh- we can cast all of our burdens upon Him, for He cares for us. That is true. The Bible tells us there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus, and that is true. The Bible tells us that He will never leave us, and He will never forsake us, and that is true. And we come to the Bible, and, and we, we, we see that He is our, our refuge and our fortress. The Bible tells us that God is near. He is near. Please hear this, those of you that are going through difficulties. He is near to the brokenhearted. Isn't that a good promise from God's Word? Amen, church? That He is near. He's not far away. He knows. The Bible tells us that God is compassionate and merciful. The Bible even tells us so clearly in 1 John that God is love. You can be the dullest knife in any drawer, but you can get that, can't you? Doesn't matter if you're an astrophysicist or somebody who's not been able to complete any schooling at all. We know that God is there and He cares. But sometimes here's where we begin to depart from biblical normalcy. We claim the promises are for whoever would call upon them, but then the responsibility to obey is only for a select few. We still all right? Here's how it breaks down. We say, Jeff, I'll come to church, man. I'll give. I'll, I'll serve on a ministry team. But, but I, don't, I don't actually want to do something out of the ordinary. I want the promises, but I don't want to have to follow with the obedience. And guess what you can't find anywhere in the Scripture? That exact American Christianity mindset. Now, Can everyone go overseas? No, there's some people because of health reasons they cannot. But something that I've noticed in my very short life, and I'll be 33 this month, so y'all be easy on me, all right? Same year that Jesus finished his earthly ministry. And I've noticed in my life that, that people go to great extents and spend a lot of money on what they want to do, don't they? I mean, all of us can probably look back at some time in our life where we've made a purchase for something. I mean, it's not like we're buying something illegal or immoral, but it's just something that we wanted to do, right? There's nothing wrong with it. But boy, we did the research, didn't we? We got on Craigslist. We got on, you know, the blue book to try to find the best value for that motorcycle or for that boat or wherever it is or that second house or that extra vacation or that cruise. And all of those things can be God-honoring and they can be fine and glorifying to God. Because by the way, for those of you that have difficulty taking breaks, did you realize that rest can be worship just as work can be worship? God is glorified in our rest because we realize that it is not up to us. It is up to Him to give us the strength to do what we need to do to provide for our families in the same way that when we hit Monday morning and we work and we work hard, it is bringing glory to God because we're displaying His diligence that He's given us. But what we have to understand in the Bible is that the things that we truly value are the things that we're going to want to do. Missional living we have here on the overhead on the screen. Missional living is this, if you want to take notes. Missional living is pointing people to Christ wherever I am and in whatever I'm doing. Missional living, it is to live on mission. It is to point people to Christ no matter 
what I'm doing and no matter where I am. And the most satisfying thing that some of us could ever do is come to that place where the old song says, I surrender what, church? I surrender all. Not part, not some. And I don't think that any of us should feel falsely guilty for being born in the U.S., If God has given you an ability to make money and to do well, to pay off your house, to be able to put some in the bank, or to be able to put a lot in the bank once all the bills are cleared, that's not a bad thing. In fact, God has given you an amazing ability to finance missions. Amen? Hold on now. He's going for my wallet. Honey, hold on. You know, I know where, I knew where that young preacher was going to go. I knew he was going to hit that. Listen, do we realize while the U.S. dollar still has some value, all right? We're not going to get into economics, but while it still has some value, and whenever the Fed's going to stop pumping or however that turns out, Bernanke, that's another subject for another time. But while we still have the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, do you realize what an opportunity we have to finance missions around the world? Was it, Susan, one or two dollars a day was the average? wage a dollar 67 the average wage for most people in India and do we realize the exchange rates in so many areas of the third world and India and areas of Asia I mean if we just give a little bit God can do so much with that so but here's the question once again what do we value what do we value Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 21 through 23 he said that <clears throat> where your treasure is, there, help me, there your heart will be also. And I've talked to so many people. It can be about getting saved. It can be about getting back involved in church. And they say, man, Jeff, dude, like every time somebody asks me about Jesus, when I drive by a church and I see a steeple, I just, I just feel guilty. We're not going to ask for a raise of hands, all right? But I just feel guilty. It's, it's, it's something that I, I know I should live for Jesus. I know I should, I should read my Bible. I know I should live for Him. I want to see other people saved and marriages get back, put that, put back together. I want to see little kids in orphanage overseas learn how to read and learn God's Word and for them to be fed more than one meal a day, which by the way was the staple food consumption for the little orphanage we worked with in that week in Haiti. I want to see those things, but it's, how do I just come to step over that line? The thing that I want, but it seems like it's so hard to get my life transformed and pointed in that direction, you see. Well, the news is that you can't change your heart, and I could never change my heart. It's not an issue of trying to balance that good and bad scale. It's an issue of coming to God in humility and in brokenness and saying, Oh, Jesus, would you forgive me for being a sinner? Not for just doing sins, but the nature, my heart being what it is, it is radically opposed to you. Would you take over my life, Jesus? And then from that point, when you begin to give to missions and when you begin to prioritize that, Jesus said that's where your heart will follow afterwards. And some people say, now Jeff, you you were talking about safety and risk. Is missions risky? I remember uh, Miss Lou, one day after church, I said, how is Susan? And, and those of you who are like, oh, this is Susan, because we pray for her like almost every week by name, you know, here before we take our offering. And, and Miss, Miss Lou said, well, you know, she's doing better. She's recovering from dengue fever. I was like, what? Like in my heart, I was like, no way, are you serious? But I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. People, we, we look at missions 
as something inherently dangerous and just, uh, I mean, it's like going to the Navy SEALs or going on a mission trip. Like, that's the way that we see it. We, so we're going to get shot at and hit on both. I mean, it scares us. But in all honesty, it's not that safe here either. Amen? So you can get food poisoning, and I'm, I know it's about lunchtime, and I'm going to ruin y'all's lunch, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, okay? For the glory of God. You can get sick anywhere. I can tell you stories of food poisoning, which I will not do. You're welcome. And I'm sure that you can tell me stories of near-death experiences that you've had. You can get run over in the United States. You can get shot and killed. You can get shanked. You can get sick. You can have something happen in your house. The propane thing can break and it can blow. I mean, what I'm saying, I'm not trying to... You guys are going to be like, I'm not moving. I'm staying here, honey. I'm staying here until Susan's presentation this afternoon. But what I'm saying is that we don't live in a safe world, but our culture tells us that Pure and total safety is something that we can achieve, and it's simply not true. It's not. Say, so then, you're talking about Jesus telling us to go into all world, into all of the world, so then if it's not safe, are we supposed to be like kamikazes for Christ, or, I mean, suicide missionaries for the Savior and Master? Like, what are we supposed to do, Jeff? We're not supposed to seek out persecution. Y'all glad to hear that? Alright? Jesus nowhere says, I want you to go somewhere where they're going to kill you and kill you quick. That's how you can be going. I want you to drop, buddy. I want you to get a one-way ticket to Kabul, Afghanistan. I want you to put on your 70s preacher suit. And I want you to go out there with a pinstripe suit and stand up and say, Jesus, 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 America, woohoo! It's not going to go over very well. And you're not going to make a difference because God has given all of us minds. Amen? And if you've done any reading about the the Soviet Union when communism was in control of Russia and much of of, of Central Asia, you know about these guys that would smuggle Bibles. I mean, it is so... I'm glad they didn't become drug dealers because they were actually good about what they did. I mean, these guys were brilliant about being able to smuggle Bibles and Christian literature. God has given us minds to be able to, to strategically go into areas of the world and make a maximum impact for Jesus. So... You say, Jeff, I mean, I've, I've never even, I mean, it's never even been an issue like maybe I should pray about going on a mission trip. Here's what I say to you as your friend and your pastor. We've got one happening next month, going to Romania. Tickets are already bought. We're planning to do another one in the summer. Pray about going on a mission trip. It will radically, absolutely change your life. You say, now, Jeff, can't we do missions here? You know what I've found? I've found that most people and most churches that create a false dichotomy, in other words, they create this this huge gulf between ministry overseas and ministry here, most of the time those churches do neither well. They don't. But you show me a church that says, you know what? Does it cost money? Absolutely. Everything costs money. And it seems like everything is costing more money all the time. And I will not ask for an amen. Everything's going up, up, up. Guess what? Our life expectancies, our days of meeting Jesus are growing shorter and shorter and shorter. We're coming to the end. All of us, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Isn't that encouraging? Right? I I have a statistic about, depending upon the age that you are, how many weekends you have left. But that's really depressing no matter what age you are. So, welcome to Rocky Mount Baptist Church. Your time is limited. So the question is, is what do we do with the time that we have? 
pray about it. And there's some, you say, Jeff, it's my work situation. It's my health. Right now, it is not feasible for me to go. Then be a sender. Pray. Give. There's some that say, Jeff, I've, the recession, I'm still not out of it. I don't care what the news says. I don't have the money to go. If you're saved and born again, you're part of Rocky Mount Baptist Church. I just want to say this as the pastor, and you believe that the Holy Spirit of God is leading you to go on one of these trips. Please come talk to me. Rocky Mount Baptist Church, the praise goes to God. But every single thing that we've done since I've been here, and I have been told since years ago, whenever a need is presented at this body of believers, God always provides through faithful people. Amen? We can say amen on that. So you say that no matter what the situation is, you, if, you're not, if you can't go this time or next time or next year or at all, you can be a sender. And if the finances are tight, you can do the most important thing, which is to pray. And I've heard people say this. They say, now Jeff, I was tracking. I was enjoying the presentation. When Susan showed that picture of the food that spilled on the ground, picking up with her hands after the squatty potty, I was done. It seems that, and I've heard people say this, it seems that missionaries sacrifice so much. They they did so much to sacrifice. Question. What is of true value? Now, I enjoy sitting down in a nice recliner. I enjoy being able to drink clean water as opposed to something else. But in the end, what what is of true value? It's the glory of God and it's the people who he came to save. So the, the question is for us in Rocky Mount Baptist Church. you realize the talents that we have here? We have in Rocky Mount Baptist Church people that can build things. And I thank you guys once again for doing the work back there, building the sound desk and the work that's been done up here on the stage. We have people, the, the craftsmen. I mean, Barry Ferguson, he, like he built a space shuttle. No joke. Go to his house. Like he, he built it. It's air conditioned. I mean, it's crazy. We've got people here that can build. I mean, Junior Hodges, he put, how do you put glass inside doors without breaking the door? I still haven't figured it out. But you're the man, Brother Junior. We've got people that can build things. We have people that have gone to foreign places and been involved in warfare. We have veterans here at this church. Courage. I heard that the president and his staff, they were talking about solving the Syria problem. They were going to send Joe Sink, who drove a tank on D-Day, to, to fix the problem. But that would have been too unmerciful for the other side. I mean, we've got some people here who have amazing amounts of talents. We have people who are musically talented, who can sing and who can play in such a way that when we hear it, it just touches your heart. And it, and it causes you to want to serve the Lord. We have people who have the rare gift of encouragement and being a Barnabas, which is one in the Bible who just encourages people. We have people who have true courage. We have homeschool moms and public school teachers. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? We have people, and and Matt, we've talked about this before, has built the church website. Now he works for Apple. You see, when you're faithful and little, when you donate your time to work on the things of the Lord... It's not, same amount of God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help out with the website. I'm going to work for Apple. And it doesn't work that way. But God rewards that. There's so much talent represented here. So we can do all sorts of things. But the question is, and I know i am got so much energy this morning, I'm probably scaring some of y'all, but it's because I truly believe this stuff. I do. With all my heart and my mind, I do. 
if God has given us these talents to do stuff, then why can't we just continue to point the sharp end of the stick of Rocky Mount Baptist Church? Why can't we just continue to reach people in Franklin County? All strata of socioeconomics. Let's go for the people that nobody else wants to. Y'all all right with that? Let's go to the people that Jesus went to. The people that can't do anything for you in return. And those of us that are able to help, we're able to pour into that. But why can't we, we do that and then still go to other nations and reach people for the glory of God so that way when we go into His presence, once all of this is over and the fat lady is sung and the fourth quarter buzzer goes off and we enter into the presence of Jesus, He'll say, well done, good and faithful servants. Amen. I mean, isn't that what you're looking forward to? Jesus, who's going to allow us to come into His presence, the One who saved us from hell, the One who's given us hope and a reason to live. You say, Jeff, but, but I mean, talking about all the talents that are here, do, you saying that we can do that in our own strength? No, it is all because He is good. Listen to what Philippians chapter two, verses eight and nine says. This is the Apostle Paul coming into his ministry. He says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What are you living for this morning? I know for some of us we follow Jesus, but there can be things that happen in your life that totally derail you from being concerned about the things of God. You may come here. You may come on a regular basis, you may give, you may sing, you may follow along with your Bible, but it may be that your heart is far from Jesus. The call of God this morning is to come back. The question is, will I believe Jesus? Is what we read today true? There's so many reasons to know that it is. And the question, will I believe Jesus? But then will I actually obey Jesus? Now, you know how much I love children, and I'm so thankful for our children's church ministry team that's being able to to minister to the kids back there. I love it. A few weeks ago, I had some friends from out of town come, and they have this daughter, this little daughter about that big, and her name is Mariah. She's about a year and a half old. And uh, Kristen was going in to, to make some dinner for everybody who's there because they figured it would be better for her to make dinner than me make dinner and everybody die. So, so she went in to make dinner and she said, can you take care of Mariah for just a few minutes? I said, sure. And so I'm taking Daisy, uh, the dog, outside. And so I, I said, well, sure. And so, so I, I open the door and the dog goes out. And little Mariah, she's just got her, you know, Opa-Lupa steps going on like the little kids of that size do. And she's just going after it. But I, what I realized that I knew before, but I never thought that it was a big deal, is that there is a, there's a drop-off about yay big, which is about, for me, a six-foot-one drop-off, which is not insignificant. And I said, she sees the drop-off, and she sees the dog, but I don't think that she's really that concerned about the drop-off. So she's just going little oopaloopa steps across the, de- across the deck, and I realized, you have been given the responsibility, Jeffrey Robinson I, of taking care of this child for seriously like two minutes for Kristen to turn on the noodles. So then I'm just like, you better act now or suffer the wrath. I mean, she's going to have the execution style in the yard, just one shot in the head. Because, you know, mom, they're kids. So, so I just, I kind of like lunge across. And right before she goes off of this, this drop, I come and I scoop her up and little legs still going. 
No joke, no joke, it's not a preacher story. Little legs still oompa loompa and going along. And so I, I get her right before she falls off, and then I just kind of set her, kind of like guide her, like same speed, you know, like a plane coming down to land, and put her on the ground, the grass, and then she just keeps scurrying along. Just go to, ah, oh, yeah, to talk to the dog, and pet the dog, and torture the dog, which most kids don't see the difference between that. But I thought about that, you know. She's got great parents. Her dad is now a pastor, one of my best friends. You know what he did before Jesus found him? He was a drug dealer. His mom, her mom, Mariah's mom, loves Jesus. They're taking care of her, loving her, feeding her. And she just assumed, I'm with mom and dad. I'm with mom and dad's friends. Somebody's going to catch me when I go off. I think that that perfectly illustrates the dependence that we should have on Jesus Christ when it comes to this seemingly difficult task of going into all nations and making disciples of all nations. Say, Jesus, I see this drop-off. It's something that I'm not used to, something I may be scared to give to. I don't know how I'm going to be able to you know, pay for these things. A lot of times I don't even need, but that's beside the point. But Jesus, this is new. This is scary. This is uncomfortable. But you promised that you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. And you came and you lived and you bled and you died and you rose from the dead just to show that you weren't all talk. And you promised that you're coming back one day to enter, to welcome me into your presence forever. The new heaven and the new earth where the Bible says that there will be people from every tribe, nation, and tongue who will be before the throne of God saying, worthy is the Lamb. Who was slain? So yes, there's a drop-off. Sure, it's scary. But I believe, Jesus, you can catch me. And you'll be able to put me down where I need to be so I can keep going for the goal. The question is, do we believe Jesus? And are we willing to trust Him?